Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. My name's Phil. As usual, I've got Rohan with me. How's it going? Hey, good. And today we are joined by Mike Hansen. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Hey, great. How are you doing? Good. Uh, the man, Mike. the myth, the legend. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> All three. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, Mike, you do work for Nebucasa, so uh, it's fitting that we start off this little spiel. Uh, today's episode of the Home Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Home Assistant Cloud by Nebucasa. Oh. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and the ESP Home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with the router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. There it is. And that SSL is... Uh... It's pretty useful if you're doing the voice stuff on the browser, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanna, there you go. I've got so many questions for you. I want to really dive into this. So um, first, I think we need to sort of give a little intro uh, for those that may not be uh, recognizing your voice or may not have heard your voice, uh, maybe read about what's going on, maybe have read about what's going on this year. So obviously, Home Assistant's focus for 2023 has been Year of the Voice. And, and Mike, you're really brought in on uh, into the Nebuchadnezzar team and the to focus on, you know, this for the year. Um, how about we, before we get into the voice stuff and the shiny stuff, how about you give us a bit of an intro to who you are and how you sort of got here today? Okay, so... Smart home journey or <laughs> everything, right? Like... Yeah, yeah everything. Yeah. Well, to quote Dilbert, so so there I am in my mom's fallopian tube. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, so uh, uh, I guess... Yeah, so uh, I guess I could start, kind of start with Raspy a, mm. a bit because that was that was more my start of my smart home journey. So I used to work for the Air Force Research Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got my I got my PhD and then I I joined them, and we were doing some some things that were AI ish, like I suppose uh, that's kind of a broad term, right? People just tack it on everything, especially now, now right? Everything, especially now. even tools that have been around for you know, five, six years, all of a sudden, yeah. oh, yeah, we've got, we had AI, like, yeah. ever. Yeah. Our product hasn't changed, but we're going to put AI <laughs> in our name now, right? If you do right. a matrix multiplication, you're AI now, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, exactly. So, so back in the lab, I had uh, I had one of my bosses who gave uh, gave me some Raspberry Pis to, to work with, um, and he said the condition was that I teach a Raspberry Pi camp for kids. And so I, uh, these are 10th graders. Yeah, and so I, I did that, and I was trying to come up with an idea of what to do. And you know, I'd been playing with Home Assistant. I thought, oh, we should we should do like a Alexa style thing. You know, this was uh, sorry if I've triggered triggered anyone. I know. <laughs> I know. We, we, we've we've gotten used to saying Amazon Echo, but yeah, yeah, that's all good. Well, we'll talk about that later about the the tripping. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm forgetting exactly which year this was, but it was it was pretty early on. So I found a project called Jasper online. I don't know if anybody knew about notes about that. It's an old voice assistant thing, like built on top of Pocket Sphinx and no, um, a lot of a lot of old tech. Um, so I, I I get that on the pies, and we got all the hardware and everything, and, and it kind of turned into a disaster. Uh, I didn't consider the idea of twenty kids in one room all yelling at microphones, mm. like <laughs> it, like nobody it constantly was activating falsely, and all this stuff is just it was a mess, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, so after my experience with Jasper, it's like, you know what? I, I think I could do something a little bit better with uh, and integrate this into Home Assistant. So that's where Raspberry came from. It was originally a custom component for Home Assistant pre-Home Assistant OS. Um, so and, pre-hacks, pre-all the pre-hacks, nice yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first comment I got when I posted it on the community forums was, uh, can it support Dutch? And 
that kind of started my my journey into it was like well i i don't speak dutch but let me see what i can find and i was realizing there was a big need for something that was not english you know yeah, yeah. everybody tends to focus on that um and so that's that's kind of where i started and uh raspy grew over the years and started to consume most of my time at work um my bosses didn't really get it and then when the pandemic hit i got to work from home and i started working more and more on raspy and realizing you know what this is just what i want to do and when they decided to pull yeah. us back i was like you know what i don't i don't want to i want to do this full time um so i ended up getting a job at mycroft and people can look up the story there the 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 yeah, company didn't make it um it did things did change hands so they're, they're still going in some capacity uh mm-hmm. they, they moved over to neon ai and open voice os or are kind of taking the ball and running with it and so then very very luckily uh Paulus contacted me and uh said would you like to be the year of the voice guy and <laughs> absolutely absolutely so now i'm getting uh full time just towards just towards this stuff which is which is awesome dream job right yeah yeah so that's really cool before we touch too much on the voice so you've got so obviously you thought all right needs need can be good in home assistant what's your home assistant set up today like are you like you got an extreme setup. Have you got sort of like a, <laughs> no, a my, basic? It's it's fairly basic. I I focused so I I actually don't have any voice stuff outside of my office right now because um, as soon as my kids started learning the wake words and stuff, they would trigger things, <laughs> and so I, yeah. I've had to bring it. I just keep it in my office, uh, you know, mostly for turning on lights and 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 various things, um, yeah. and then I'll. I'll most of my stuff is in automation. So I have like garage door sensor, you know, tell us when we've left the garage door open, uh, tell us when we left the door unlocked, you know, that, that kind of yep. stuff is mostly just kind of a, um, a, like a security mechanism for the house and some, some minor convenience things, you know, lights on and off and, and that, so that might not have a, an extreme setup really. So I'm not going to see like, you know, you're not going to be like Tony Stark's house where you've got Jarvis everywhere and you've got you've already mimicked his voice got it perfect that's um, right no, that's what nah, now you're gonna nah, launch nothing like no. unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so funny because any, anytime like and anybody asks myself or i'm sure phil gets the same or, or and, and I'm, i know i've talked to a couple of you guys like at, at nabu about the same as well it's like Oh, what are some crazy like automations you have? I was like, I don't know, man. The lights turn on when it goes dark. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Or set a scene for for you know Netflix or something like that. It's hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, some people there's there's fun things you do like a one off thing for like a, a party or something, right? To sure to do some fun things, but it's not like every morning you're going to say let's let's do party mode or something. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. But I I enjoy more. You know, besides having it myself, I actually really enjoy hearing other people's stories and, and seeing what kind of weird, custom, crazy things they come up with. That's that's actually more fun for me to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah that's fun. That's I think Ryan and I always like enjoy listening yeah. to. That's, like, I mean, crazy. that's why we do this. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, there's always there's so many ways to skin a cat, and also there's so many cats to be skinned. Apparently, um, <laughs> it's, get, it's getting there. really morbid. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. So yeah, should we start on some fun, some of the fun stuff? So this year, so yeah, year of the voice. Um, I guess did you have a conversation like last year with Ballers? Like, is this something that? Nabucastle wanted to go through themselves or were you sort of already working closely 
with Home Assistant and sort of thought, no, I think this is a good idea. Let's sort of work together. How, how did it sort of come about that 2023 is the year of The Voice? It's, it sounded like Paulus, that, that was his plan, was 2023 was going to be the year of The Voice. Whether it was me or, or somebody else, like he was going to find somebody. And uh, so he reached out and it was it was fort- fortunate that like things at Mycroft were starting to, to fall apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so fortunate in that sense, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for the company itself. Um, but that I was able to take, take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I think the plan was always your year of the voice was going to be 2023. I like, not everything has been planned out as to exactly what that means. I mean, that's largely dependent on, uh, on what we can accomplish and well, yeah, we'll get into that. Right now you've got the, uh, a few voice projects going on. So you've got <laughs> just it's a few, right? So I remember we've talked about a couple of them on the podcast. I know you've had some shout outs for people um, that you wanted to do, uh, get some intense. So the way people speak to their voice assistants, you know, how can we structure that in different languages? Because I think your goal is to cover off as many languages as possible, all in an, an open source way. Correct right. me and if I'm wrong. No, that's, that's correct. And, and that's, that's actually been a major, like a, uh, constraint on the project you know people uh, people every day come come to me and say oh why don't you use this this cool ai model and, and mm-hmm. i say well it's that's great it's just it only works for english you know well, mm-hmm. it only works for german or something uh, and the goal here was to to support every language so we're starting with with um you know some, something more restrictive which which is it's template matching in the intense right now which is not very sophisticated uh but the the idea was these these templates they can you know you, you bring a sentence in like turn on the lights and it will match or not match but the templates also go the other direction which is something that pe- people may not realize you can actually use the templates to generate all possible you know ways of saying a particular sentence and then the goal is to take that as and use that as a training data set for a machine learning system that's much much smarter uh, you know for a particular language so you can. You can train a system in English using all those possible sentences that include your entity and area names, and then that should be able to recognize much more, you know, open-ended uh, mm-hmm. sentences in the future. So, how does that how does that work for like creating like let's say some kind of an like an offshoot of a language or like a very specific dialect of a of a language and like stuff like that? Like, is that something very difficult to achieve now that you've got this kind of system built no you could um i actually proposed this as like a like a subset of of english that was was very very constrained like name Mm -hmm. on name off you know kind of thing and that's fully possible with the system yeah um as, as long as you can author the templates you know that's kind of not everyone can do that sure sure but you could yeah you could uh you could really narrow it down. I, I want, I'd like to keep the sentences. I mean, the, the sentences, I don't know. They're, they're kind of getting more and more open-ended, which is great for a training data set. But I think it can also be a bit confusing for people to, you know, what, mm-hmm. what way am I supposed to be able to say this kind of thing? Even with like things like the like the smart speakers today, right? Like the Amazon Echo and the Google Homes, trying to, like I always find myself, you know, they're so... In one way, they are open-ended in that I can say, you know, turn off this light or turn on this light. But in some respects, if I don't say it in the correct way, like something else will randomly get triggered and mm-hmm. I don't know why, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's hard to sort of make like things too open-ended that it then gets 
ambiguous and stuck in different sorts of commands, if that makes sense. Like all of a sudden, you know, I say, you know, turn on the living room lights. Does it turn on the group living room lights? Does it turn on just the lights named living room? And then well, there's, yeah. Yeah, this is the complexity that some, I guess, gets for, for them. The, the company makes the decision for you, right? Google decides. Mm-hmm. And then, it, of course, it changes, you know, yeah. behind the scenes over time and you, you just have to deal with it. Um, or you yeah, get frustrated and assume the system's getting dumber, right? Which oh well, yeah, and, and well, yeah. people have, have said for for the home assistant intents too. They're 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 saying you know this this is dumb because it's not doing what I expect it to do. Right. But everybody you know has different expectations. So I, I guess one of the things we decided early on was you know if if you say turn on the living room lights, it's going to look for an area named living room. But people have. Sometimes people are, it also will look for an entity named living room lights. Mm-hmm. But then if you say turn on the lights in the living room, that only matches the area because nobody has, you know, lights in the living room really as their, uh, as their name necessarily. Right, 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 right. And so it's, it's, I actually think in this case, being dumber is smarter uh, because there's less chance for it to trigger unexpectedly something, you know, that you wouldn't have, have wanted it to. Yeah, that is cool. So many and, edge cases. Oh yeah, there's so many, so many edge cases. And then my, my hope was, you know, then you can also customize these sentences. So if you have a particular way you want to say something, you can you can go add that. It's it's, I think it's a little beyond what most users are going to be able to do by going and editing the YAML and, and that. But maybe that'll change in the future. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So like when we're when we're talking about like building these kind of systems like 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 audio systems and stuff like that uh, again a lot of times people assume it's actually very heavy or it's very intense or very um like costly to run mm-hmm. right um and and i don't mean like a dollars cost i mean like a like a cpu count or right. gpu that, that that kind of cost right um can you talk a little bit about that because i know i know you've done a lot of work around optimization and, and a lot of those kind of things. So, yeah, I, I think, I mean, the hardware we have today in the Raspberry Pi four is, is incredibly capable. Um, if you're willing to, to make some trade-offs. Right. So, I mean, the, the intent recognition as it stands is it takes almost no CPU to run. It's, it's, it's just template matching. It's very simple. Um, the audio processing, if when you're running whisper, I mean, if you've tried it, you, you've seen that it's, it's a bit, uh, sluggish on the pie mm-hmm. but some of the other systems that are available like uh, older systems like caldi is one that that runs no problem on a raspberry pi 3 even yeah um, and so yeah what what uh but the the trade-off you make is the open-ended recognition is is pretty poor on that but the the kind of closed recognition where you say these are the only sentences you'll recognize that yeah. actually turns out to be great and you can get you know, near real time speed on a, on a, on a Pi 4 with something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I don't, I don't know how to ask this, but like, what, why is it so efficient? Oh, so because it, it knows like, um, at every step of the way, it's, it's very constrained in what it can, what it can actually be. So there's, mm-hmm. there's very few possibilities. Whisper, if you, if you were to expand out, you know, all the possible, uh, you know, sentences that it could recognize, it's just, you know, near infinite. Yeah, uh, but when you do this constrained recognition in something like Caldi, uh, you you give it you know maybe you have ten million sentences that you know sounds like a lot, but to the, to the machine it's not that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. The downside is it, it only recognizes certain sentences, 
that you give it. And uh, unless you take special care, uh, it will only ever, it assumes anything you say comes from that set of sentences. So it will go to great lengths to fit whatever you say, even if if you, you say like, you know, purple monkey dishwasher, it will mm-hmm. uh, try to match that to something and you, you would you would hope it doesn't become open the garage door <laughs> you know, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there, I, I've had some, uh, some, some work I've played around with to get around that where you you give it a, another path that just has random words and, and you can reject anything that comes out of that path in the, in the grammar. But, um, that's something that, that's kind of just a side thing that I've done with raspy. Yeah, that's cool. And, and, and I guess that leads into how does, how does accents play into this, right? Like, so you look at English as an example, you've got obviously North American kind of accent, you've got British accent. Um, I've been told I say a boot, I don't know, but like, how, like how, how does how does that kind of thing play into uh play into voice as well because I, again i from this side i'm understanding the whole template recognition so on and so forth um how do we deal with that like how do how do you know it's you know vase versus vase kind of thing right like i mean that all comes in the speech to text system so that's before it ever reaches the template right. uh, matching and there it's just a matter of of training data you know if you have if you have training data with lots of different uh, lots of different accents, then mm-hmm. you you obviously get better speech to text. Um, I'm not, yeah. The term accent is actually interesting because you know digging into the the underlying pieces in the in the speech to text system, there's there's no there's no actual definition of the language itself and and yeah. what a. It's not like there's a you know this is English and everything that deviates from it is an accent. There, it's all like this this continuum and even between languages. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a great linguist once said that if aliens came to Earth, they'd think we were all actually speaking the same language, and that's just us who were so finely tuned that we we can hear the differences. Interesting. Um, so there's, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff with the the phonetics and phonemics underneath uh, that yeah. make it so that ac- accents don't really exist. They just it's just you know oh I use this phoneme set and you tend to use this phoneme set kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah, I guess because it's more accents are really sometimes more inflections or like whatever how you say words, right? So it's uh, interesting. Well, in some in some cases, for some languages, like timing is important. Uh, yeah. So Italian has more of a, a a rhythmic component to it, and so that can be an accent too, right? Where you you sure. screw up the timing, and then literally, if you put emphasis on the wrong uh, part of a word, um, then you can change its meaning in in English. You know, there's, there's certain words uh, like refuse versus refuse. You know, yeah. you, um, you, they become different, and and so that can that can make things more complicated too. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah, especially when you're just compiling it down to text, right? And it's just okay. What's this? What's the actual meaning behind yeah. that? Yeah, right? and even even worse, most of the speech to text systems only give you one line of text as their output. So they've they've already done they've crushed everything down and made a lot of assumptions on the way. Uh, there are some other systems that give you a, a bunch of different possibilities. Of course, what, what are you supposed to do with, you know, I have a hundred different possibilities. How am I supposed to guess which one is the the right one? You can run them all through the template system and see if any match is what yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> Might take a bit. But Whisper, Whisper uh, has been trained on so many hours of varied data that it, it seems to work great for, um, for most accents, you know, for at least for the, like the top five languages or so. Sure. 
I remember. That's pretty cool. I don't cool. know if you um, if you guys did this, but when sort of like voice to text was sort of just coming out back in, you know, early years, maybe even late nineties or something, you would train your yeah. computer on how to listen to your voice. Like I'm thinking, there was a software called Dragon Naturally Speaking, where you would have mm-hmm. to yeah. they would give you like paragraphs of text that you would then have to train your voice model on to then so tune to your exact you know voice right and then of course you would then dictate the word documents or whatever and it would be complete garbage anyway but um <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, yeah, yeah Caldi has, a, has that capability for tuning which i haven't taken advantage of yet uh, to my knowledge there's nothing like that for whisper unfortunately but it would be i think it would be a big benefit um it's a huge, it's a huge boost in the wake word stuff that we can talk about at some point mm. here. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to, to, have, to have a couple of, of actual samples because it's not only yeah. good for just your voice, but it's really uh, the combination of your voice and your recording environment because uh, that, right. that can make a huge difference as to you know where where your microphone is in the room, the acoustics of the room, and so on. Yeah, sometimes you have like noise reflection or you have whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. echoes. But. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way too. Yeah, because you want to train it to locally whatever noise is around you. Yeah, and, and then and then there's TV noise and all of that kind of stuff too, right? Like yeah, and then there's you you move in the room too, right? And so you yeah you gotta gotta do that as well. Yeah, and then yeah. you got to get your partner to to do it, and, you know, and all that. Yeah, yeah, and then any potential guests or stuff like that. But you, it's not feasible to sit there and train every single person that walks into your house to be like okay yeah. say these 17 sentences now right <laughs> <laughs> no you just tell them uh, you're, you're going to be a you know second tier you know that's right uh, that's person right. here in this in this house i'm sorry it's going to recognize me <laughs> <laughs> exactly have, have a disclaimer when they walk in the house <laughs> but that's funny um so also so i mean let, let's talk about bringing this in a home assistant now right mm-hmm. so uh, we've talked a bit about how it's built and what, what some of that work you've done is. Um, how are we pulling it all together and, and, and where are we going with this? I mean, I, th- I think the it all coming together will be the voice satellite or satellites. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have we, we start off building with the intent recognition and then we added the, uh, you know, speech attack, sex to speech. Um, I can talk more about Piper and stuff at some point if we want. Yeah. And and then the you know, the follow on to that is, is going to be the wake word with voice satellites. Cause I, I think that's, that's going to be where most people are going to actually use it. They're going to have a satellite of some kind or multiple satellites in their house. And it's going to be communicating with their home assistant instance. And that's, that's where the, the hardest technical challenges are going to be for us. And, and we're, we're working on that now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's where sort of right now, I think a lot of people being held back, right? Like, one, I think hardware is difficult in terms of uh, I personally, you know, try and avoid hardware because I don't want to solder anything. I don't want to have to get into all that nitty-gritty wires and, and all that stuff, right? Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people are also like, well, what's the quality like on these microphones, you know? And when we're considering, I think it's also a bit of a curse in that we've been blessed with, you know, smart speakers like the Amazon Echo and the Google Home that these big companies have spent a lot of money on fine tuning their microphone arrays to listen to wake words and cut out all that garbage. And there's nothing I'm guessing from what you said previously, Mike, there's not nothing really open source that we can just leverage to do that kind of stuff. No, not to that extent. Um, it's, 
it's kind of a confusing space, honestly. Like, so there are, there are, you know, chips out there that we're looking into, uh, you know, for, for doing the, the microphone array stuff and, mm-hmm. and they do like noise suppression and echo cancellation and all, all that good stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then they, there are, are also systems that will do wakeward recognition that are, are free sort of like the ESP based stuff. Um, but the downside is you're, you're kind of, you're locked into their particular keywords and you have to pay them to get uh, custom ones. And, you know, while we could go that route where we could say, all right, we're going to pay for like a, a Nabucasa keyword. And then mm. you could choose between that. And I think they have high ESP Alexa and like uh, some Chinese wake words that I can't pronounce. And we could say that's okay. That's, that's going to be the thing. But I think for me, if, if we're going to do this, we should do it right. And the right thing to do, I think, for the Helm Assistant community is to have wakeward customization. Yeah, absolutely. Um, otherwise, we're just, what's the differentiator, right, for, yeah. mm-hmm. for us? Um, yeah. So we need the customization and we need the quality to make sure that we're not, you know, it, it can't be the same quality as like this, you know, M5 Atom Echo. Like these these mics and stuff are not good enough to to sit there, I think, and catch you on the other side of a room. No. Um, Right, and that's why it's a it's a push button thing. It's not. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's it's a size of like just a little bit bigger than like a YubiKey, right? Like, like yeah, it's like, yeah. It, 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 they really are tiny. Yeah, if you're not careful, you can swallow this thing, right? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep away from your children um, or your pets. <laughs> your pets. <laughs> um, and and so yeah, that I think that that's been the challenge is um, a lot of these companies they have the they have wakeward engines that are they they have the secret sauce you know back in their their labs and whatnot, and they'll train something for you, but they won't release those models for you to train yourself. Right. And so uh, we're, we're looking into a project right now called open wake word that, that has um, it's, it's got this awesome ability to train not only from uh, you know, regular samples, but from synthetic samples. So this guy came mm. up with a way um, to train from uh, text to speech systems, which dovetails perfectly because we have Piper now. Yeah. And so the idea is you can use use Piper to generate a bunch of uh, samples, you know, hundreds of thousands of samples uh, with with mixtures of speakers, and and also and actually you also run like reverberation filters on it and everything, so it sounds like they're on the other side of a room or in the really echoey room, and and That's you just so cool you just hammer away on the on the machine learning. So it's it's awesome. It it works great in my testing. Uh, the problem is. Uh, that that kind of model will probably never run on a tiny device like this. It, it yeah, needs a bit yeah. more hardware. So we're we're working on on ways around that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But but that it sounds like it really does funny. come down to investigating hardware that, that can allow you to have, whether it's an array of microphones or whether it's, you know, specifically tuned microphones. Um, Sounds like that's kind of what you're trying to figure out right now. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what's 
what's the minimal amount of hardware that we need that will still do all of the audio processing and yeah. run a machine learning model of this class where we can customize it ourselves and give it and give the tools to people to customize it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have cool. a like a goal in mind for what hardware you're trying to target for the ultimate goal of a, a system that can do wake word detections? Like are you going, we want this to work on a Raspberry Pi or we want this to work on a Pi Zero or something like that? I, th I think so. Um, for me, the goal is to try and get this to run on some, something that will run ESP Home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because it, you think about so so many of the aspects of ESP Home already do exactly what we want to do. We, we need it to connect to your Home Assistant instance, report like where, where it is, an area, yeah. and it needs to download uh, updates to things like models. So say you, you ask it to train a new wake word, you know, kind of thing. And it needs to go the other direction, upload samples um, to your Home Assistant instance because... Mm -hmm. um, for example, this open wake word system also lets you provide a few real samples of yourself and then it tunes the last little bit just to you. Right. So all of those things, ESP Home already does all of that. And, you know, Nabucas is a, it's a small company, so it, I don't think we want to support like a whole Pi OS thing in addition to ESP Home and Home Assistant OS. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so I think, you know, regardless, uh, However, it, it pans out, you know, whether ESP Home gets ported to the Pi or, or whether we use other chips, um, that's going to be kind of the goal. Interesting. So, it, oh, I will say that I have gotten the models to run on like a, an Orange Pi 02. Um, so, so that mm. like a Raspberry Pi 3 class of hardware is enough to do this, I found. It may yeah. not be the cheapest to do it, but it is enough to do it. Interesting. And for those that don't know, Orange Pi is a it's like, like a, an offshoot. Yeah, it's of like a competitor. I, I would not recommend jumping in and getting one. I got it just because you you can't get the Pi the Raspberry Pi Zero Two Ws anywhere yeah. you know yet. Maybe they're gonna they're, they'll come. Seems like they're coming back, but um, yeah, the the Orange Pi. I, I would not jump in and get that because it's the the software support is is some Chinese company that's that's going to go it's eventually going to shut it shut it down and shut down the mirrors because it <laughs> needs to go to its own like Orange Pi, uh, Debian mirrors and everything and, and that's just not going to last. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're testing the local stuff, what have you found? Like, have you found the response time to be pretty good? Like in terms of you know, processing locally, like comparable to an Amazon Echo or something, have you found it to be slower, much faster? Uh, I found it to be faster, honestly, than, than what I've seen people. I don't have any Echoes in my house, but um, from mm -hmm. what I've seen people using them, it's it's plenty fast. Now, I'm this is assuming you're running like Whisper and stuff on uh, something above a Pi 4. So I, yeah. I have this um, i5-based, you know, Lenovo ThinkCenter PC that was... It was like eighty bucks, you know, used on eBay, and that's that's plenty to to run mm -hmm. all of all of what I need. Um, yeah, so I I've, my testing right now has been with you know like with an Orange Pi two zero uh, two, and uh, I have a one of those Anchor like um, conference mic USB oh, yeah. speakers. Yeah, yep, and that that's worked awesome. Like I, I've tested it where I can have music playing at it and be on the other side of my basement and and yell at oh. it and and wake it up, and so. If if you have that that level of hardware, you know, with the nice nice microphone chips, mic array, and and a, at least a Raspberry Pi Class Three, everything's working great. It's just can we crush all that down into something that um, that people could afford to buy a couple of? Yeah. 
yeah, stick around the house, whatever, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, that I, I do like the notion of having it local, right? I mean, just from a performance perspective, that means now it's restricted to whatever I throw at it, right? It's not restricted to, uh, you know, just crap going on on the internet, like like anything that's happening at my ISP's side or anything like that, right? So if my internet's down, it still works, all of those kind of things, right? So it's there's definitely a lot of pluses over there, right? So, but what are what are some of the cons? I mean, outside of you need to run something. Yeah, so I mean, people who have uh, already used the your voice stuff from chapter two have probably found out that Whisper will make errors. Uh, sure. The the Nabucasa cloud stuff's based on Azure, and I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've almost never seen an error come out of that uh, for the speech attack. So it's just it's excellent. That's awesome. Um, and then it's the, the, obviously the text to speech is also, you know, far better than what Piper could ever achieve. Um, Piper mm-hmm. wasn't intended to, to compete with Microsoft. <laughs> it, was, yeah, yeah. it was intended to run on, on a Pi 4. Uh, so there, there are trade-offs in terms of the overall experience. And I would say also in just the, uh, the, the overhead in setting it up and, and managing that. Right. So, you know, I, I like, I really like what Nabucas is doing. I mean, obviously I work for them, but I, I like that, Everything you can, everything Nabucasa does, you can do yourself. What you're paying for is is the convenience. You're not paying to be locked into something. You're you're paying for somebody else to to do it for you. But if you if you wanted to, you can do it all. And yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can continue that experience. Uh, you know, with with things like wakeword training. So maybe not maybe not everybody has the capability to train their own wakeword using this machine learning stuff. Maybe we can do that for you on on Nabucasa side. But that doesn't That's mean, cool. unlike, you know, Espresso for these other companies, that doesn't mean we're just going to say, you know, we, only we can do it. You can't do it. That's that's not going right, to be the right. case. Right. You're not you're not locked into or like being extorted to do it, essentially. Right. Like, yeah, you're, I, don't, I don't know what word you want to use, but you're paying yeah. for for a service. Like, right. <laughs> that, should, yeah. that should be the way it works. Right. You're not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not that you can't ever do it yourself. You're not locked out if you don't pay kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, I, I'd seen in my previous podcast where you guys were talking about the, the your voice stuff. The the big question will be uh, the accuracy and how the false positive rates, right? Mm-hmm. And mm. that that's going to be the most important important question. Uh, you know, my my own testing has been good, but I I'm I'm only one person in one environment. Yeah. Um, so I mean, for for what it worth for what it's worth the Amazon Echo's accuracy at least in my household is fairly shoddy so it's, okay it's, it's it's pretty bad right so it's uh, especially it's funny especially the one behind me in my office here it's uh, it just randomly triggers like oh, literally nobody has said anything and huh. like middle of the night three a.m. you'll just hear like the like the ding go off of of like when it uh, oh, like when you say the trigger word yeah yeah and I'm just like. Really? Now? I think it is something too that we're going to be able to do that that Amazon wouldn't really do, or or Google is uh, offered tons of of knobs to tweak, right? So yeah, you know mm. you'll you'll be able to turn the sensitivity here or this threshold there, and get it to work just right for you. Whereas they got to make something that works for everybody everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean like we saw in some of the year the voice stuff, even with the uh, M5, uh, what's it called, Adam. Uh, you can also make it so you have to push a button or, you know, you have yeah. to pick up the phone or, or whatever, whatever that is. Right. So 
that's know, a nice uh, touch there too. If 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 you so desire. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of ideas we've we've had. You know, I mean these these aren't going to be necessarily in our our voice assisted, but others who can who can try this in the community. You know, things like why not use a presence sensor? You know, if I get close enough, then it then it's it's uh, actually listening for the wake word. Otherwise, it's not. You know, you, or or if oh, you know, yeah. yeah, if somebody's present in the room, then only it's re it's recording kind of thing. Right, uh, right, right. I mean, there's lots of there's a there's a huge space of things to try that uh, you know Amazon and others aren't, aren't going to be able to do, especially now that you know they're they're kind of failing with the the monetization of all this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't have picked a better year, right? Because <laughs> voice, because they they started realizing. I mean, if you they're selling the hardware at cost or at a loss, uh, with the hope of making it up, you know, through. I, I don't know what the idea was. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. What was it? Did they really think that like giving ads to people through their smart home speakers was was going to like incentivize them to go buy something? I. I can only guess that they were assuming that there was going to be like a whole new ecosystem of like third-party apps sort of going like the Apple route, right? Like now you can buy skills for the Amazon Echo at least. You can yeah. buy games. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I've seen – I think I mentioned this on a couple of podcasts now, but I've started seeing ads, you know, when I say turn off the lights um, on the Echoes that have a screen, I'll now see, you know, Amazon recommends these light bulbs, Um Based on what you just mentioned, I mean, that's, um, I, I not to mention, you know, like a new movie comes like out. Yeah, yeah, activate this screensaver or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, that, just a, a billboard in your house. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, yeah, like I got, I got the occasional ads and stuff where it's like, hey, do like here's this thing coming, or hey, have a look at this, like whatever. Right? And it's, I, it also, I, I, I get okay. it, but sorry, Mike. No, it's, it seemed like. Uh, too that that the most of the stuff ends up just being gimmicks for the for the mm. voice side you know so it, it sounded like most people just use it to you know like phil had said previously ask the weather set some timers and then do some smart home control that's yeah. like 99 yeah. and and play music you know people want to do that too usually yeah absolutely yeah. and i think Which, if we yeah, think, that's that's something yeah home assistant's got like now they've got the media browser um, so if we can make the media queryable, I guess, and put that into um, what's known, um, that's data's there. Home Assistant knows the weather because um, there's weather entities already. Um, timers, I would, yeah, I think timers is what's missing. The ability for Home Assistant to just be able to set I a mean, Home Assistant timer. does have timers in it, right? Um, there are there are timer. Yeah. Yeah, so we can, we, we should be able to tap into that at some point. It, it gets... Yeah, we'll we'll see how that how that goes. It can get a little tricky um, sometimes because you you, you kind of you want it to be seamless. You you want to mm -hmm. set a timer and you want it to to then give you the alert, you know, on on the correct device. Yeah. Um, and so I I mean the easy one is just to say if I set it from the device in my kitchen, it'll trigger on the device in my kitchen, not necessarily try to follow me around. You know, yeah, like that would and then of course you've also got the tricky part of well, yeah. where's actually the brains or the source of truth for this knowledge? Right, is home is it now being the controller of the timer, or is the device that set the timer, you know, holding that timer information? Um, and does home assistant yeah, even need to be in assistance. that mix? Right, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I think it it probably should be, uh, especially if the timers get to be longer longer range. Yeah. You know, you want you don't want your uh, satellite rebooting to to erase all your timers, for example. Yeah, sure. 
do you see a world where Nabucasa would be offering like a hardware version of a voice assistant that's open source? Like, cause we've got home assistant blue, home assistant yellow. Do you think there could be a possibility down the line that, you know, there would be a possibility where, okay, you want to buy this voice assistant, buy this hardware kit or this hardware from us and it's got an ESP in it and away you go. Is yes, that something you would yeah, like so to see? To, to me, yeah, to me, to me, that's that's kind of the the end goal for us is to. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, do you mean do you mean one where it's just the satellite, or it's got like the home assistant hub inside of it as well? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I think personally, I for me, I'd like a satellite. Um, yeah, that's same. that's what I think most people want because you want to buy multiple satellites, right? You exactly. don't need multiple yeah. home assistant hubs. So that's well, and, that's and, okay. I was gonna sorry. I was gonna say too. Usually, where you put the hub is in like I don't know, in a closet somewhere yeah. in your basement somewhere. <laughs> like like mine's literally in my unfinished part of my basement, my server rack, right? Like a, yeah, yeah. So the goal the goal is to to produce that that satellite hardware um, that that you can then you, you plug in it it connects to your home assistant instance, you know, through whatever MDNS magic or, or, or whatever they got. Sure. Oh, actually through ESP home, I guess would be just through the, whatever mechanism they use there. Yeah. And, and then you're just, then you're off to the races, you know, you, you either connect it to your cloud or you say, okay, I want to do local kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That and, is cool. Yeah. So there's, and then there's different options, obviously with how complicated that satellite could be. Uh, it, ideally it would have all of the noise canceling, noise suppression stuff and wakeward detection all on, on board. Right. Mm. Cause that's, that would be the most efficient. You yeah. could imagine another world, though, where the satellite is is fairly dumb, and all it does is stream audio to your home assistant server and put the burden there. I don't know that many people would want that necessarily, but um, the satellite would be way cheaper in that case, right? Yeah, that could have some potential scaling issues there too, yep. right? It's just, I yeah, mean, especially if you're running band, it on a yeah. right? Well, even mm-hmm. even let's say you're running it on a Pi four. That's like, and you have. 10 of these things that's 10 audio streams that it's yeah. potentially having to deal with right which can get and then and again let's say it's a larger house it's now 20 or 30 or whatever right yeah then i i think it's going to have to do the wake word locally um to, yeah. to make it yeah otherwise you're, you're exactly right it's just not going to scale very well especially if you have yeah. to do any kind of audio processing uh, yeah exactly right so which i mean you would need to to say hey i want to extract my you know whatever wake word you use right so that mm. kind of thing yeah i don't think i don't like this um idea of a hot mic streaming audio around my local network even locally right like yeah it just takes wrong one wrong bad actor to get into a network and then they've literally got ears in your house not that that couldn't happen with <laughs> yeah exactly you know, that too google home or amazon echo right yeah i mean there's encrypted ways of doing it but yeah i, I still agree it's more again that's more overhead still yeah but yeah i think um, if if uh given infinite time you know it, one of the things i'd love to see is is the ability to have um speaker recognition as well so that you know your kids couldn't open the garage door <laughs> for example yeah i was i was actually going to ask about that right so is there is there any any plans or, or is there any effort going into words uh I don't know what the word is, voice printing or, or whatever it is, right? Where it's like, hey, this is Rohan speaking versus, you know, a, a friend or, or my wife or something like that, right? There's 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 some stuff. Um, 
not not a lot that we've we've done so far, but there's plenty of projects that do this. The tricky part is is kind of aligning all of the how do I say this like different different projects um, use different um, pre-processing on the audio. Yeah. Uh, so for example, they 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 transform it into a, a spectrogram and and it's just kind of a summarization of the audio and they process on that instead of the actual raw you know wave data mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they all do it a little bit differently and doing the spectrogram calculation is expensive so you you want to make sure that every every piece in the pipeline is using the exact same format and that's tricky to yeah. to, to get going and so yeah there's the uh, open wake word stuff has the speaker verification models they call it where it's tuned to to you and that that could be a proxy for speaker yeah. identification right you could say well, it had really high probability that it was Rohan, you know, versus low probability that it was Phil. So let's just assume. But then if somebody comes in and sounds kind of like you, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe your dad or something like that. Then yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe not so great, but still, I, I think you could probably make a good differentiator between kid and not kid. Uh, right. Yeah. Um Although, you know, actually, if you think about it, it's not surprising. There's not a lot of great training data sets for that because you, you don't want, like, people don't collect training data of, of kids' voices or anything like that mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, then that, especially if you have teenagers and stuff like that, that that are trying to do, you know, something that they're not supposed to, whatever, sneak out or whatever, right? Like yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> there's no, there's no, outside of having, like, setting a pin, there's no, like... Good yeah. lock, right? Like right. So which, that's if it's a voice pin, that's kind of easy to like one, two, three, four. Okay, I heard that right. <laughs> it's like, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what to do there for uh, my my instinct for my house. What I would do is just not have garage doors openable by voice. You know, I just have it just just yeah. by dashboard or something. But mm, yeah. other things, you know, lights lights no big deal. Um, oh, for the most part, you kind of want. I don't know. I thought about this. Like, what if if you say turn on all the lights? Uh, this this is something we debated about. You know, can should we be able to have that sentence? Mm -hmm. um, and I think what people mean when they say turn on all the lights, they mean turn on all the lights in the area where I am yeah. right now. They don't mean turn on every single light in the entire house. <laughs> or every yeah. smart switch that comes um, in as a light and is connected to something that's not a light. And exactly, you know, the fan I'll gets turned on or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but sometimes they might think, you know, if they say turn off all the lights, then may maybe they do mean in the house. I, I don't know. That's that's tough. That's where I, I think, you know, you have a default and then you offer customization, right? Because yeah, yeah. you can't, you can't, uh, you don't want to tell people how they should have their smart home. Well, mm. and, and there's, again, that's where scenes and stuff come in too, right? So true, like, true. Hey, like TV time or whatever, right? Like, but. yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, Piper. Um, so Piper is obviously now that we've, we're talking about talking uh, voice into text. Piper is the other way around. So going into yes. like, yeah. So how did that project sort of come about? Is it sort of being born from somewhere else? Yeah. So let's see, where did I start exactly? Yeah, this was back in the, in the air force research lab. Um, I had the text to speech on Linux is, not been great for many years. You know, the open source community kind of gets the um, the discarded remains of what the mm. you know commercial industry is, mm -hmm. <laughs> has done right mm -hmm. over time. 
and they were stuck on, you know, older stuff like, uh, yeah, like some of the CMU tools, um, like flight, for example, it was ones that sound very robotic. And it was around that time that some of the neural text-to-speech stuff was finally making its way out into the open source world. Um, and so, yeah, I started getting in, into training those models. And the hope was to get it down to something that could run on a Raspberry Pi. And my first project was called Larynx, uh, which, which is a part of your vocal tract. Um, I thought it was a clever name, but uh, it's very hard to remember and, and pronounce for people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's the PhD guy. So yeah, that. yeah, that's 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 the problem. You need you need other people like like Paulus to come in and say that's a terrible name. Pick, pick something else. And, <laughs> and Piper was <laughs> try again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've seen the the Raspy logo, you know too that I'm not great at at those either. <laughs> um, funny. Yeah, programmer art, right? So. Yeah, so Larynx was the start of that, and uh, it, it proceeded uh, at, at Mycroft. They uh, reworked that into Mimic 3, and then after Mycroft, uh, reworked that into what I called Larynx 2, which became Piper, uh, rebranded uh, in, a, in a good move. And so now now what's happening, um, so Piper, I think, runs well enough on a Raspberry Pi 4. I, there, there are newer models that we could move to eventually that could run even better, but uh, right now, what we're doing is I've got tons of people coming to me. Um, they're emailing at uh, voice at nabucasa.com, and they're volunteering uh, to read these sentences. So I have a website. You can go, and there's um, about 1,200 sentences to read. Nice. And then uh, this, this, they, they, they're dedicating these voice data sets to the public domain, and I train voices off them for Piper so that everybody can uh, can benefit. So the next version here of Piper and the add-on should have about a dozen volunteer voices added for different languages Amazing. and some of them, it's going to be great. We've, uh, we've got, for example, um, some people doing Turkish and Hungarian, which there are just no open source data sets for text to speech for that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this, this will be a big, big thing for Piper, but also just for the open source text to speech community. Cause people are going to train models on this stuff, you know, for far into the future for much better, uh, models. And I think, yeah, I think it's important to, to be thinking forward like that. Yeah. I know yeah. in one of your, um, in one of your, um, speeches or maybe it was a call with chapter two with Paulus, you mentioned that there is the ability to have, you know, your own custom voice. Like there are ways to train your own voice. So if someone was to email you on that email address with the sentences that they've done, does that mean, um, that you're effectively training their voice? Like when you go and use like a Hungarian, voice, it would be in the sounding of whoever was the person that was training that data. Yeah. And so I, I've, it's been funny. I, I trained a, one guy's voice, um, might've been for Portuguese. I'm, I'm forgetting which, which language now, but, uh, he, oh, maybe it was Polish and he, uh, played it, played it back. The samples I had reading different sentences, mm-hmm. um, for his wife. And, and she, she said she didn't believe it was, it wasn't him. So it oh, was, wow. was kind of cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, so these are these are, will be in the in the voice of the people, and but it's it's not necessarily using their real names. I I let them name the voice whatever they want, right? Um, and and there's yeah, there's, so there's no personal information there. Although, if obviously if you know the person, they might they might be able to guess. Um, yeah, some people are going through and and training up their own Piper voices uh, for for other things. People really want 
like it, I just saw, you know, Amazon getting rid of the celebrity voices. People want that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Nabucasa can't. We can't get into to doing that. But the tools are there if somebody wants to do it. Um, then it would I be, say go nuts. And be a great idea to get like you know like grandparents or you know um, other relatives. You know, maybe you want to for you know when they're not around anymore. You know, have them their voice imprinted so that you can get them to you know I don't know speak, you know, uh, read story books or, mm-hmm. or anything like that in the future or something that's going to last forever, right? Like I do like the idea of uh, putting a voice print up there and then just be open source forever, right? Yeah, so I had my mom record a data set, you know, for that uh, that kind of purpose. What's nice, nice is you can you could use the website or you could um, – it's based on something called Piper Recording Studio, so you, you can just mm-hmm. do it locally. Like you don't have yeah. to, um, to send it anywhere. Of course, yeah. The training is a bit complicated, though, I'll say. Right, yeah, because I, I think I asked Rohan this question after the Year of the Voice, Chapter 2. But, Mike, who, but which celebrity would you want as your voice on oh, the smartphone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I do kind of like the idea of having Samuel L. Jackson. I, I was yeah. literally going to say fully uncensored Samuel Jackson. Yes, <laughs> that would be. Although Gladys uh, would would yeah. be fun as as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be uh, just yeah. kind of uh, a fun voice. Yeah, I don't know. What about you guys? For for me, I think right now Sam Jackson or uh, maybe like a Cortana or something like that. Right, just like to pay homage to. Oh, Cortana series. might be pretty easy to train, like because you can already do text speech in Cortana's voice. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way it to make be. her say stuff. Like, I think I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something you could do um, privately. I'll say if you mm, could mm. you could take yeah. another text to speech system, have it just have it speak all of the phrases, then train uh, train locally. Um, the, obviously, the licensing on that is is a you know, it's certainly violated in terms of whatever. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. certainly you can get um, the Amazon Echo like through the developer tools on AWS console to do some, um, say whatever you need her to say as tests. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you could just chuck in some stuff from the Piper Studio and away you go. Yeah. But and then I wonder a, if... The... a decent GPU, um, mm. I've, I've heard people say that they've they've gotten decent results on something as low as like a 3060 ti um even even a regular 3060 might do it but the, the ti with yeah. the 12 gigs of ram like you know it's it's still a couple hundred dollar cards right i, I forget if they, they have dropped the price but um i mean it's it's not it's not terrible it's not it's not like you know you need a five thousand dollar card to to train yeah. these things yeah i mean and i mean if you don't then just if you don't have anything like that then just spin something up in like a cloud provider that has a gpu oh. thing temporarily and yeah that's it. right so the next the next version of piper here um um so i've, I've been working uh with with these uh folks and, and there's just like a collaboration of a bunch of text-to-speech researchers um including people who are, are in the blind community they're they're very interested in in this sort of thing yeah um, to to get you know nice nice voices that also work at high speeds Mm-hmm. Um, so one of, one of the guys has developed a, a collab notebook that will do all of this stuff. Like you tell it, I want to train an English multi-speaker model 
and you just you know click a few buttons and then tell it where your data set is and it'll do the rest for you. Hmm. That's cool. And if someone could someone just use yeah. like uh, a laptop to train these? Like they've got like, do they need a special card or something? Or could they just use their computer? They need got something something that can do PyTorch training, which you can technically do on the CPU, but the it's so slow that I, I don't know how long it would actually take. Now. Hmm. I should I should probably test this out just to see. Um, you know, one of the things I, I do for Piper, I don't train all the voices from scratch. Um, what I've done is I found really good data sets for English because there's there's those are plentiful, right? Mm-hmm. So I've I've trained up these these base English voices, and then I do what's called fine tuning. So um, you, you take the English voice as a base, and you then uh, expose it to tra- training data from a different language, different person, and surprisingly, like. Uh, you get something where you can hear the new voice in in as little as like twenty minutes uh, of training oh, wow. on a, on a GPU, um, but it's 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 not perfect. There's there's you know errors and sometimes the old voice breaks in. But yeah. overnight for me, you can get uh, a brand new voice which sounds great. Um, that's on a GPU. So on a CPU, maybe a couple nights, a couple days worth of training, you might be able to do it. Wow, that is kind of cool. It's uh, we're gonna have all these different things floating around now. It's just <laughs> need a library for hey, what do I want? Right? It's yeah. I don't know if there's some way to do like you know, like with hacks and these other community-based things. You know, like I said, Nabucasa can't can't officially say you know. Of course, here's there's this voice or that, but it's still like the the ability for people to you know plug yeah. in a URL and and use use a custom voice set from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's yeah, a good way for nice. that way, you know, let's say somebody has something that they want to share with their friends that they don't want publicly. Right. Like it's, mm-hmm. there's that too. Right. It's, I don't know why, but if you want to hear my voice at all the time that, <laughs> that just maybe I don't want to, maybe I don't want to share that out, but it's, uh, you know, send that over to my mom. So she feels like I'm still there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> plug it into chat GPT and, uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. Well, that that's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms for you guys right now, eh? Like in terms of like GPT integration and things like that. Is that yeah. what's what's the story? I mean, since since you brought that up, anyways, like what's the where does Nabu stand on that? Where does uh, where do you guys stand on that? Like, or where do you personally? I mean, so the the OpenAI integration connects to I think by default GPT three point five Turbo yeah. or something. Um, that's been a lot of fun for the, the kids actually. So I've, I've hooked that up to the phone and I have it, you know, they pick up and it, it pretends to be Mario, for example. Um, you saw yeah. the, the demo with that and you do like Santa Claus and all these other things. Um, so it's been fun for, for, for that aspect. Um, it's kind of a gimmick, but I have seen, um, I have to send you the link. There's, there's a guy on YouTube, uh, that's done a lot of, work integrating chat GPT and the open AI stuff to be able to do smart home control. Mm-hmm. And as I understand it, the way this works is you, you get, you, you get it to generate JSON that you then feed into, you know, either through a node red bridge or something in, into mm-hmm. home assistant. And um, so I think there's a path forward there. Um, the only problem is obviously you, you have to pay for, you know, um, API access to get this to work. It's a couple pennies, you know, to, Sure. To do it. But what I'm hoping is that it, it, as we go on, you know, we've got this like llama projects and, and various things um, that are running. These are running like um, large language models, language models locally. And they're way beyond what a, what a Pi 4 is going to do reasonably right now. 
Yeah. But I'm hoping over time these these can come down. Uh, it really feels to me like in the next year or or a couple of years, like I'm envisioning this home assistant box that has has a you know GPU in it and a decent CPU and is able to do all of this stuff locally. You know, I think that would be I don't know, that'd be a really cool cool goal and to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, there, it's it's not that far away, right? I mean, you've got like the for example, like the NVIDIA Jetson Nano boxes mm-hmm. that are out there and stuff like that, right? And and they're relatively low cost, right? Like rather than buying like a full-blown high-end GPU, blah, 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 right? So Yeah, it's just unknown how much VRAM is going to be needed on the GPU to, yeah. to host all of this stuff at once. Yeah, yeah. But it it really seems like, yeah, you, you, got, you have Whisper coming in, you have something like a, a Piper going out that can, it can run on the GPU as well. You know, very fast, and then if you could run a large language model, um, even a low parameter like a seven billion parameter one, that was fine tuned to smart home control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the key. Like, it's not not your standard open ended one that's supposed to recognize anything. It's it's been um, trained. Yeah, I, I feel like that whole stack right there would would be uh, I don't know. It'd be really cool. It could it could do a lot of things that we can't do right now. Yeah, totally. So where That's do you cool. see? So we're halfway through the year of the voice right now. So this is what time this episode goes. That'll be July sometime. Where do you see the second mm-hmm. half of 2023 leading you? Like, what's what's your to make 2023 a success? What's your things you want to tick off, and and where do you go? Where do you set yourself yeah. up for the next year? I mean, for me, the success would be that we uh, are able to get the satellite. Um, if not the hardware out, at least um, have everything in place so that that can come out next year. Because mm-hmm. we, we want to get it right. If we're gonna if we're gonna ask people to to spend money on this, we're, we're gonna get it right. Yep. Um, in the meantime, my my hope would be also to get the Wakeward customization stack and and all of that working. So if someone wants to build their own ESP home based um, satellite or, or even one like I did off of the you know, a, a Pi Zero Two, mm. yeah, or something. Then um, I want I want to see that, and uh, really, I, th- I feel like the people who are going to do that up front are going to be really helpful because they're going to help us test out the the audio false positives, you know, and, and everything like that. Because we we really need to make sure that that is working great <laughs> before we before we ask people to pay money for these satellites, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, with that. How can people help? Where can people help? Um, if people want to get involved, what 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 can they do? I mean, so one thing they can do um, is help with the intent translations. So we want to want to get people, you know, the most most languages we can. So if if they go to our home assistant intents repo on GitHub and um, help help submit translations or new languages, like mm-hmm. that's that's a, a first place to help. The other one is donating their voice if they want to donate to Piper. Um, they can email at voice at nabucasa.com. Uh, I'll train up, yeah, train up voices and uh, keep keep those coming. I, yeah, we're getting a lot of a lot of a lot of cool stuff there. I actually had a, a guy from an Icelandic institute. Um, uh, he just out of the blue said, "Here, I got some voices trained up." Yeah, oh, know, nice. so, so that's really awesome. Yeah, the hope the hope is, you know, Whisper supports like ten languages well and a. 20 languages not so well. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm hoping to be able to get into tuning that a little bit more because, you know, you want to you want the full full stack to work correctly locally. So, for example, right now I have a Vietnamese text to speech voice that works pretty well, but speech to text on Whisper with Vietnamese is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right. we need yeah we need more data for that. Um, if people want for for that aspect for speech to text, they can contribute to Mozilla's Common Voice data set. Um, I, I should say this right now because I get this question a lot. Actually, people say, mm-hmm. "Well, why don't you just use Common Voice for text to speech? Because it's got tons and tons of data." Mm-hmm. And I tell them they're they're kind of two different ends of the spectrum. Speech to text, you want lots of speakers in lots of recording environments with noise and everything, right? Because you you want it to be a robust system to recognize. Uh, yeah. Text to speech, you want usually just one person or a couple people, lots of data on them, and very quiet environment because the machine's going to reproduce whatever it, it it hears, and it will reproduce the noise. So I've I've had, you know, background vacuum sounds and birds come in as, uh, as the machine. It yeah. has no idea what it's doing. It's just it's just reproducing stuff. Right, right, right. Um. Yeah, and then if if uh. Yeah, if, if people, I mean, just just testing stuff out is is really helpful. Where yeah. we have people, because I, I I can't test every single language, you know. I um, having people, you know, come in and say this this exact thing did not work for me, you know, with with these languages set and stuff. That's that's great information. That's helpful for us. You mentioned you've got okay. Vietnamese as you know, a language that's almost there that you could just do some help with. Is there any other languages? to highlight that are almost, you know, have got some data. If maybe someone's listening to the podcast and they speak that language and need some more, you know, just to get that over the line, anything off the top of your head that you can give a shout out to? Yeah, I think the the ones in my mind right now are are like uh, Portuguese, both both um, Brazilian and, and uh, Portugal Portuguese, mm-hmm. Polish, um and Hungarian, I'd, I'd say those are those are kind of the three ones I've been focusing on recently, trying to get the experience all the way through uh, working for people. And then, in addition, then Vietnamese uh, has been there. I've I have tried some work on on um, Chinese on uh, the various versions, you know, of of that. That that one's a yeah. bit more <laughs> a bit trickier. Um, but and and there, I just I just need people who are native speakers to to help me out to bridge that gap to understand all nice. the all the different nuances and that yeah I, of course you know i'm I'm not a trained linguist i and i only speak english um my I, I took some different languages in college but my experience growing up i'm from wyoming originally um right. the, the big square state <laughs> <laughs> and their their idea of uh of, of teaching different languages was to have somebody come in once a week and speak, teach us a couple Spanish words. And yeah, that was, that was it. That was for my, for growing up. So yeah. Um, I didn't, didn't get exposure to a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I, I should mention like, um, there's, there's a class of languages like Arabic and Persian, uh, where th- there are some very big challenges that are, that are interesting. Um, there they have the challenge of, when we train on on text data for the, for Arabic, for example, uh, I don't know if you know this, but they 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 leave out the uh, the diacritics, the short vowels in them, so they're they're missing they're missing the short vowel sounds, and it's the human's job to fill those in. And it's really only children's books that contain uh, the the missing pieces, so that the kids can learn. And 
So we're having to bring in AI models that people have trained to, to add that stuff back in <laughs> from the trained data. And oh, it gets wow. it wrong a lot. And so it's, it's a very tricky uh, family of languages to get, to get right. So does that mean they need to read a completely separate set of sentences or what no, have you? It, it means uh, they need examples where here's the text as it would be written, uh, missing the pieces. And I need the human to come in and fill in all the short vowels. Right. Uh, because at every stage there's, there's different vowels you could use and they may have different words that they mean. And the human knows, oh, obviously it means this word and not that word. Yeah. But the machine is not that right. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess it's one of those, you don't know what you don't know kind of problems, right? It's like, yeah, that's, that has been, I mean, yeah. French was an example too of that. They have, uh, the liaison, like the, the, the consonant blending that happens and, it's it's tricky because a lot of these things I just I can't hear them I I, I the French one I can um, for the most part but there's others where I just can't hear the difference because I'm not I'm not trained to do that so I'm relying on on native speakers and community members to to come in and help me with pronunciation errors right right interesting cool cool and we'll leave we'll, uh, we'll leave links in the show notes to where to contribute as well yeah I guess the only thing I'd, I'd say is that uh, Coming from other other communities and everything, the the home assistant community has been just awesome uh, to work with, and things have grown faster than I could have <laughs> I could have yeah. anticipated. I'm getting so much you know positive feedback and, and constructive feedback on things, so it's it's a it's a very engaged community, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, we appreciate you for all the work you're doing with the. All the projects, Piper. How many pro- how many GitHub repos are you responsible for now? Must be sure it's like oh, exploded. There's, there's like a hundred. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like every time well, I close an issue, a new two new ones have already popped up. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. For I'm doing sure all people that. are like, what is he? What, what is he doing these days? I'm, just, I'm always I'm jumping around to different things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, really looking forward to yeah. Um, seeing a device that we can i'm really look i'm i'm praying for you and hoping that you'll be able to replace my amazon echoes <laughs> at some point so please keep up the good work ditto and yeah yeah we'll and if, I, if i disappear suddenly without warning amazon has got me <laughs> uh, what's her name uh the little amazon echo lady's got you that's right yeah <laughs> all right thank you for taking the time to speak to us i really appreciate it Thanks so much, yeah. Mike. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.